Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The Other Side of Midnight presents The Midnight Files. Times best-selling author, and he's written a number of books. We've talked to him about several, including The Day After Roswell. He's been the publisher of UFO Magazine and the editor of the UFO Encyclopedia. And I reached out to Bill because it has just been way too long since he's been on the radio with us. Bill, thanks so much for joining me. Oh, it's my pleasure. How have you been? Uh, hanging in there, Bill. I, uh, I'm try- trying to keep sane in some insane times. Now, Bill, oh. for, for people that haven't heard our previous discussions, what sparked your interest in this stuff, the idea of um, extraterrestrials, UAPs, UFOs, whatever you want to call it, the idea of alien visitation to Earth? What sparked your interest initially? Well, 60 years ago, I mean... All the way back in the 1950s, actually more, 70, back in the 1950s, I, I actually saw over, right over Queens in New York, Forest Hills, the, um, I just, it was 53, I think, 52, 53, I saw this huge light, it's right by Queens Boulevard, um, just right across two blocks. And it was there for, was there most of the night. The next morning, I told my father, he said, oh, don't tell anybody, it's the blacklist, and, you know, you'll be, you'll wind up with Joe McCarthy or something. So, um, but I did see it. And in in the 50s, in the early 50s, there were all the stories of UFOs over Washington, D.C. I mean, anybody can go on the Internet right now. Look at the Washington Post from July July 17th, right around there, in 1952. And there's a whole formation of UFOs over the Washington Monument. Pilots, when we were doing our, um, when we were doing our show, uh, UFO Hunters, on the History Channel, pilots would come back, or when we would fly to different locations, pilots would come back to us out of the cockpit. And, you know, one pilot waved me in and said, i got to tell you this, and I was sitting in, in a cockpit. While they were flying, he said, i got to tell you this one UFO story. And he tells me this incredible story of a UFO that shattered his plane, 
went in front, went in the back, and then disappeared. And he said, I can't even report that to the FAA. They would take my license in a minute. Wow. Uh, it's such a shame, and we saw this recently a, a year ago. There was a, a, UFO, a UFO sighting or UAP sighting, as the current nomenclature has, on a commercial airline. And uh, the pilots uh, talk about how they're basically afraid to say what they've seen. And these are not, you know, um, one-toothed, drunken, um, delusional people. These are very serious aviation professionals. So I'm, I'm hoping that with all the increased coverage that these Pentagon-confirmed-as-authentic uh, videos have gotten, that a little bit of that stigma about talking about this stuff has been, has been removed. Do you think it has? Well, I don't think so. I'll tell you why. This is like the um, in business, there's something called the seventh shack principle, which is you will reveal information, but you're always going to keep some information secret. It's, it's just a standard. I mean, there's no politics involved. It is simply an administrative way of doing things, right? You always keep something secret. It's the seventh shack. There's always the seventh shack where, where nobody's allowed but you. Well, this is this is what I think is what they're doing with UFOs. You tell enough truth to satisfy folks. Like, what did they just do? What did the government just do? The government just released a statement and said, oh, we don't know what these are or where they're from. Could be aliens. We don't know. Did I lose you, Bill? Uh, we're going to try and reconnect with, uh, with Bill Burns. Basically, yeah, oh, there, I'm I got here. you. I got you, Bill. Okay. And so basically, the story is that the government simply says, oh, we're going to tell you the truth. And the truth is, we just don't know. So, I mean, that's, that's the kind of story that we've been getting so far. And as, as, far, as, I'm, and as, far, as, and as far as I'm concerned, that um, they're just not saying anything. When you look at the history of this planet, first of all, you know right now that there are so many species on this planet be, um, going extinct. I think every 25 minutes another species goes extinct for a whole bunch of natural reasons. It's not nothing mysterious, but um, it, there are species going extinct. Scientists have called this the sixth extinction of life on planet Earth. And at this moment in time, we're sitting with a virus that seems to mutate and change every time we do something different to control the virus. You're talking about COVID. I'm talking about COVID. So, and, and when you realize, when you realize, Frank, that you say, oh, it's a virus, it's really terrible. Do you know that viruses have been bombarding this planet for 3.5 billion years? Well, if so viruses were pathogenically lethal, we'd all be dead. So well, obviously they're not. I, I think I might be lost on the point that you're making. So you're saying that this virus will or will not bring about the extinction of the current. This, I don't think this. Uh, I don't think the virus is killing us. I think it's culling us. It's reducing population. It's reducing the people who are most vulnerable, um, especially that. But I think there's a transformation going on. I think that because vi I mean. The reason life started on this planet, scientists say, it's not just um, that it was a virus, that there were these two microscopic, submicroscopic, uh, single-celled 
animals, and one of them ate the other, and that began the whole concept of the double helix, and that began reproduction and evolution of life. That's what a lot of a lot of um, evolutionary scientists say. So I'm wondering if this is just one more one more chain, one more link in a chain that's been going on on this planet for 3.5 billion years. And I'm just wondering how many civilizations. Think about this. Human beings have only been modern humans maybe 150,000 years. Maybe 100,000 years. Look at all the time on this planet, billions and billions of years. How many civilizations might have existed before ours? Mm. We know there was one, right? We, we know from the Bible. We know from uh, ancient poetry like Gilgamesh. We know from stories of Native Americans. We know from stories from ancient cultures. There was a culture on this planet before modern civilization. It was destroyed in the Great Flood. The Great Flood that put water on the Sphinx. The Great Flood that destroyed some of the um, civilizations in Anatolia, Turkey. So how many times were there human civilizations on this planet that were here, then got wiped away, then reemerged. I'm just, this COVID and the fact that comets are from out of our solar system or plowing through our solar system, spraying water wherever they go, terraforming planets, I just really believe that um, uh, there's much more to COVID than we believe and that somehow it's connected to the ancient aliens. Interesting. Well, so let's talk about the ancient aliens. The people just tuning in, we're talking with Bill Burns. He is a New York Times bestselling author, a regular on several uh, television shows, documentaries that deal with this stuff on the History Channel. And one of the most popular shows on the History Channel right now is called Ancient Aliens. And so many of the episodes of that show deal with something called the ancient alien hypothesis, which is that... uh, Many, 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 many millennia ago, aliens came to this planet and planted the seeds of civilization. Is that basically the ancient alien hypothesis in a nutshell? That's basically the hypothesis. And I believe that we are the ancient aliens. We're the result of that in successive civilizations. But um, terrible changes on this planet, ice ages great floods, things like that, might have wiped away prior civilizations. I think there was probably two civilizations before us, probably three, and I keep wondering what's going to come after us. So um, aside from the biblical and other ancient references to things that could be considered aliens or extraterrestrials, what evidence do you see? that the aliens or extraterrestrials did plant the seeds of our existing civilization? Well, one, there are stories in all disparate cultures about civilizations before ours. In fact, on the walls of Gobekli Tepe, uh, Gobekli Tepe in Turkey, it's at least 10,000 years old. On the walls are writings referring to the elders. If that's 10,000 years old, older than the Judeo-Christian Bible, 
6,000 years old. Um, if that's 10,000 years old and they're talking about elders, who are the elders? Mm. Who are the ones that built the place? They certainly were there more than 10,000 years ago. And if they're there more than 10,000 years ago, that's before the flood. So I'm thinking that maybe the essence of my own personal theory is that our planet and other planets, not just Earth, but other planets, not necessarily in our, uh, not necessarily in our galaxy, we were terraformed. There was a race very much like ours, probably human, that sent their DNA, panspermia, sent their DNA across space on meteors, on asteroids, in viruses, to other planets where they would take root. If they succeeded, that would be a colony. If they didn't succeed, go on to the next planet. And that's how I think we were terraformed. Hmm. Uh, well, it's certainly interesting. One of the things we were talking about earlier in the week is uh, something that's referenced in Genesis chapter 6, uh, a reference called Nephilim, where they talk uh, about sons of God called Nephilim and then uh, the giants. And I'm curious if you have a theory about Nephilim and how it relates to what you're saying about the alien origins of our species. I do. First of all, when you talk about the Nephilim, the verb nephal in Aramaic means to fall. So it's not as so it's not Nephilim doesn't mean giants, it means those who fell. So what they're referring to, what the Bible refers to, was those who fell from the sky. Aliens. So essentially if you wanted to abstract the story, it's aliens came to Earth, mated with native Earthlings, that created a hybrid species. The hybrid species was somehow offensive, and there was a great flood that wiped away the hybrid species, and only Noah, whose four grandparents were all human, began a new human race. That's hmm. actually the story of the end of one civilization and the beginning of another. Do you have a take on the theory that uh, aliens, or at least alien technology, may have played a role in the construction of the Egyptian pyramids? I think that there was an entire society before the flood that lived in that area that had a complete modern technological civilization. They built the Sphinx. Remember, um, Egypt, ancient Egyptians, worshipped felines. They thought that cats had a certain kind of a spirit, felines had a certain spirit, and they worshipped that spirit. And um, I heard the most incredible story from um, somebody who self-identified as a, a CIA non-official cover officer. And he told me, this was while, uh, this was while we were um, on, uh, going from location to location. He told me that we know, that our government knows 
that the Sphinx is not just some monument, but is a, but is a very ancient vault, and that they had a group had discovered something under the Sphinx that they wanted to recover. So they hired a college professor, young professor, and said, look, I want you to go, I'm an Egyptologist. I want you to go there. I want you to retrieve this. Here is money. Obviously, pay whatever you have to pay, but bring it back to us because it's vital. When this person saw the kind of information, I mean, the holy mackerel, this was ancient alien technology that was recovered from under the Sphinx. He put it on the open market. Mm. And the French wanted to buy it. Well, you can imagine, I mean, you can get people angry, but don't get those people angry. So they sent a non-official cover officer to retrieve the disc and make sure this person didn't talk about it. And you want to know who this CIA officer gave the disc to on orders of the government? This will blow your mind. Who came to Paris to pick up the material from the CIA officer. Who? You know who it was? Who? Father Malachi Martin. No. This person almost flipped when he saw him. You're kidding. I'm serious. Malachi Martin worked for the CIA. Um, I've never heard that before. I heard that uh, from him, and I heard that from a co-author I had, Joe Martin, who knew Malachi Martin, and um, who knew how Malachi Martin died. Yeah, I mean, how you he don't... fell off the ladder with this woman um, when he was fixing books at her apartment. You, you don't generally think of uh, the CIA as recruiting writers who are Catholic priests uh, as part of their uh, their you know their endeavors, but that is especially Jesuits. Uh, that is uh, pretty interesting, uh, Bill. It is always a treat to talk with you. Unfortunately, uh, we are out of time. I hope we can do this again in the next week or two and continue uh. the conversation. Give me a call. We'll talk I, soon. I definitely will. Bill Burns, New York Times bestselling author of many books, a, uh, a bright guy and uh, someone that always gives us a great deal to think about.